Please open your Bibles to James chapter 4, verse 13. We continue our studies in James, and as we've done on many previous weeks, we're going to hear the actor David Suchet read these verses. So James chapter 4, verse 13, through to James chapter 5, verse 6. Now listen. You who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone, then, knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You've hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. How would you describe our society today? Clearly, it's a capitalist society. It's clearly a consumerist society. In my view, it's a get-rich-quick society. It's an acquisitive society. Indeed, I'd say it's a covetous society. If you agree with my estimation of what our society is like, you, you will realise having heard that reading from James, that what we're studying today is very relevant to our culture. It's resonant with our our culture. And I want to give the title to this sermon, the title of Boasting About Tomorrow. In these verses, James talks about the arrogance of rich people, the arrogance of entrepreneurs, and he also talks about the folly of the rich man's lifestyle. And I want to do a study on this passage, first of all looking at chapter 4, verses 13 to 17, where I want to give these, these uh, verses uh, the title, The Arrogance of the Business Diary. Now, let me point out here, in these verses, and what I'm about to say, I don't think James is criticising private enterprise or the market economy. No, he's not doing that. But what he is saying is that the businessman is prone or is vulnerable to a certain type of boasting. Look at what he says in verse 16. As it is, you boast and brag, and all such boasting is evil. 
In what way is the businessman, the entrepreneur, in danger of boasting? Well, look at verse 13. Look at the businessman's diary. That's what I think James is saying here. Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Can you hear the presumptiveness in that verse, in that kind of planning for the future? There's a presumptiveness about time. We're going to spend a year there or here. There's a presumptiveness about choice. We will carry on business. There's a presumptiveness about success. We will make money. There is a presumption here about the future. But it's a presumption only because James says, look, verse 14, why do you not even you do not even know about what happened will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Now, James is not against planning here. Don't get me wrong. But he is arguing for a humility to be brought into planning, particularly a businessman's plan. And what James says is that we've got to be very careful here, particularly businessmen chasing after money, that we don't plan without reference to God. And how do we do this? Well, James says, first of all, we need to acknowledge our ignorance about the future. Look at verse 14. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. And we've also got to acknowledge our mortality. Will you have a tomorrow, says James? And I'm reminded, looking at this passage and preparing for it, uh, to preach it, Jesus told a parable in Luke chapter 12, a parable of a rich fool. That's what Jesus says about the man who made money, built bigger and better barns, and suddenly God took his life away from him. And I think we, what James is saying to us here in this particular passage is that we must always acknowledge that we don't know about the future. In previous generations, not so much these days, people were used to say things like, I am planning to do this DV, Deo Volante, God willing. Now, we don't say that today, but I think we ought to be very aware that that's a biblical kind of thing to be thinking about. If DV, God willing, is not printed metaphorically on all of our diaries, then we are sinners. Let me explain. You see, to engage in business without a deep sense of daily dependence on God is not just irreligious, it is a sin. And that's what I think James is getting at in his criticism of those who are doing business <clears throat> and making money, all probably without reference to God. Now, if you look at verse 17, which says, anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Now, why, how is that connected 
to what James has been saying about this presumption about the future. Is this a kind of, uh, is verse 17 a kind of free-floating proverb with no relevance to the verses before or after? Again, I think reading into the text and seeing what James says, there is a connection, there is a relevance of this verse 17 to what James says in the previous verses and the verses go after. You see, again, thinking about this, Businessmen are prone, particularly, to sins of omission because of their failure to plan their lives without reference to God's will. Now, what do I mean? Well, if you, uh, many are businessmen, there's no prayer in their lives. You see, prayer is dependency on God. And many a businessman has the sins of omission in this sense. They may have some tie-up with church, but there's too many work commitments to get really involved in church. Again, a sin of omission. A businessman, by, by doing too much business and too much emphasis on business, might neglect his family. Too much work, the wife gets neglected, the children get neglected. A sin of omission. And then a businessman, by too much uh, work, no dependency on God, no reference to God, might neglect friends. Saying to his friends, I can't meet tonight, Um, going on a business trip tomorrow, got to prepare for it, etc., etc., etc. So what I think James is doing here, he's getting us to look, if we're businessmen in particular, if we're involved in doing entrepreneurship and all those kind of things we need to be aware of the danger of presumption and the danger of sins of omission you know there's a famous story told by jesus about a rich man and a man called lazarus and in the story the rich man is never condemned for what he has done as it were but he is condemned for what he didn't do. And I think that's what James is saying here in this verse 17. So the second thing I want to say from this passage um, is about the folly of the rich man's lifestyle. Now again, I don't want to be misunderstood. I am not saying wealth is wicked and evil. James does not say that. But I think what James is saying here, that wealth subverts the human heart often. And it's the rich man's lifestyle that James is highlighting and then condemning. He's condemning the rich man's lifestyle and the consequences of that wealth and richness that the man has. What do I mean? Let me explain. In uh, chapter 5, verse 3, at the end of verse 3, you have hoarded wealth in the last days, James says. There's been an accumulation of wealth. Now, we need to know that the Bible calls covetousness idolatry. Very strong words. Covetousness is idolatry 
according to the scriptures. The second thing about the rich man's lifestyle is this association with exploitation and injustice, which often goes with it. Look at verse 4. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvester have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. And again, so often, <clears throat> wealth and getting wealth is associated with exploitation and injustice. And James is pointing it out. Now, in our own time, we see that we have these things called sweatshops, don't we? Um, low wages, poor conditions. And we see that right in our own culture. And it's been the way through all, all the years in our culture. And then James says, uh, sometimes businessmen withhold wages to their workers. They don't pay them on time in the way they ought to. Now, do you know, in the law of Moses, it says there in the law of Moses, you are to pay on the day the men have worked, you are to pay them. And... Uh, it's obviously applied into a uh, agricultural society. You pay the man on the day he, that he works. He's then got enough money to go home to the shops and uh, get the stuff for his family and look after his family. Now, we're not so much, we're not very much like that, but there is often in business practices a failure to pay uh, on-time wages. And the fact, this is the point that James says, God notices such things. So he says, he's, he's pointing out the accumulation of wealth, the association with exploitation and injustice. And then in verse 5, he accuses the rich people and the business people of a sensuality of lifestyle. Look what he says in, in verse 5. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. And again, you know, the, you, we, we can use our imagination. These words are luxury and self-indulgence. We know what he means, don't we? We see in our own culture people buying luxury yachts and houses, houses far too big for them, yachts uh, you know, far too big and far too luxurious, and other people um, are going hungry and finding difficulty in life. A sensuality of lifestyle. And then finally, what James says about this lifestyle of the rich person is in verse 5 and verse 6 of uh, verse 6 rather you have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you now what i think he's saying there is that so often wealth and riches is linked with a kind of judicial bias a judicial prejudice um, and much of the root of oppression and, and violence in history and in James's day lay with the wealthy now again what am I saying well money gives people power 
And in our own day, we know the, the fact that um, some big uh, companies and rich people, they can hire the best lawyers, they can string things out so that the opposition run out of money. And what James is here painting is a not very pleasant picture of what happens in his own day and what's happened right through history. And that's why it's relevant and that's why it resonates with us today. We see this kind of thing in our culture. So what is James's practical advice to deal with this? Well, in verse 3 of chapter 5, James says this, Remember, your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Again, very striking vivid language and it's interesting to think that actually gold and silver don't rust here on earth like other metals but I think his point is that gold and silver do rust in heaven and I think his point is this we need to think about people first and foremost People last, money doesn't. And uh, Jesus is always in his teaching about money in the Gospels, is always talking about where your treasure is, your heart is, so don't let money be your treasure. Think about people. And the last thing he says uh, in chapter 5, verse 1, now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. This, I think, he's referring to God's judgment. God's judgment is coming, he says. And we need to remember that. that We're going to have to give an account of the way we use our wealth. We're going to have to give an account of the way we use our wealth for ourselves, for the fact that we could use our wealth for other people and their welfare. And we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, of God, and give an account of ourselves. So in this very, what can I say, bang, bang, bang kind of comments by, by James, he's, he's telling us some very important principles on which our 21st century society needs to hear, needs to understand, and needs to put into practice. We are a society where there is many rich people, many entrepreneurs, many businessmen. Well, the challenge is, how do you operate? Are you presuming on the future? Think that the future is in God's hands and God's hands alone. What kind of lifestyle are you leading? Is it, is it some kind of extravagant, uh, over-extravagant lifestyle? And how are you using your money in terms of justice and alleviating oppression and those kind of things? And finally, as I said, wealth is perishable and God's judgment is coming. Now, this is practical, practical stuff. And all of us are, in some sense, rich. Challenge to each one of us. May God challenge us at the deepest level in this passage. Amen.